1: That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. Columbia, Columbia.
2: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast. We've got a supersized edition here with you today. Uh, The four greatest Knicks commentators known to man, I like to believe, at the very least. Uh, I'm Anthony Corbo, but more importantly, I'm joined by Kyle Maggio. What's going on, everybody? You can give him a follow at Kyle Maggio on Twitter. Uh, Also going down the line here, we've got at my court or at Cortez Era. Mike Cortez is here with us.
1: Hey Stevie, go get your fucking shine box.
2: (laughs) And coming to us once again, uh, making his return to the show, I have the one and only Brian Gibberman. At Brian Gibberman, what's going on, Palace? Um, to be honest, Brian, I I I thought you were going to come out and hit us with a little bit more heat before the beginning of the show because um, I received word today and I believe it was first reported by SNY's Ian Begley, but uh Steve Mills is no longer a moment of or no longer a member of the New York Knicks organization. Um he is somehow retaining some kind of position at Madison Square Gardens, so I think a chair position. Um and all of a sudden one of the biggest asks that we've had since really I mean going back into the moment that the Knicks failed to land either of Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, it's been, you know, kind of looked upon that Mills being the weak link here. And then especially after the signings they did make and and the atrocious season that uh the team has had so far, it's been probably the single greatest demand of Knicks fans this season that Steve Mills been fired. And today, February 4th, we get our wish. Two days before the trade deadline. Um and yeah, Scott Perry is the new is the interim president. There's a uh, you know, We'll see what happens. He might end up retaining that title. There may be a search for a president. Maybe a search for a new GM. It's kind of all up in the air right now. We've heard some names out there, but let's get the uh, let's get you guys' initial reactions just to Steve Mills being gone. Uh, let's uh let's go with you, Maggio. Where do you uh where do you where does this stand on your moments of uh Knicks moments of the year?
3: Uh, well, it's the it's the best one. Uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Let's not pretend otherwise. It is the best one. Um, this this is our championship. This is our Super Bowl. Uh, this is our Larry O'Brien trophy. And it's a sweet, sweet day. I, I really... It's not everything, right? I mean, we we know we, we want, like, ownership changes and things. And we understand, like, it's not really going to happen, right? But the one big thing that we always complained about was, like, just stop having the yes-men in there like the clear guys that are always present when things go wrong with the franchise maybe they shouldn't be around and every time he came around he was always basically for the worse Uh, I have some stats here I'd like to read off uh, about his tenure which are I don't know if you can guess uh, really like really spectacularly bad in only uh, a Knicks kind of way you know so in the three years before Steve Mills you know when we traded for Carmelo and even though it was clunky, we were sort of on an upward trajectory. You know what I mean? Uh, three playoff appearances, 132 wins, 98 losses. Steve Mills comes back into the picture. We fire, well, we force Glenn Grunwald to uh, do the ani trade, and then we fire him, right? And uh, you know, Steve Mills is back in the picture. Seven years later, uh, zero playoff appearances, uh, many lottery appearances, and a 178 win to 320 loss record steve mills legacy everybody i mean it's bad man i mean he stunk for god knows you know so many reasons it's just nice that we got one win like one guy that we wanted out of there like i don't know who they're gonna hire next i know scott perry's the interim uh you know president right now and he's got to manage this deadline uh this is something they should have done a long time ago if we wanted to complain about something but uh I'm gonna take my victory today. They fire Steve Mills. Like it's like the king is dead. You know, it just feels mm-hmm. great. Like I'm just. It, it, it is. Oh man, like I just I feel yeah, like it's, the, it's the tyranny cost was overthrown. You know, it's what a, what a feeling, man.
2: So I, I want to get I want to get Mike's thoughts on this real quick, but I also want to uh, just quickly because I forgot to mention at the top uh, we're part of Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, go check out our sponsor Bet Online. More about them later. Uh got a little ahead of myself. The news is a little too exciting. Uh but Mike, uh we're on to you now. You were pretty uh you were pretty active on Twitter kind of the minute after uh after the firing happened, right? As soon as those reports are coming out from Woj and Begley and everyone. Just where's your head out now with Steve Mills being out, Scott Perry being the president?
1: Kyle, what was the record for Mills' tenure again? How bad was it?
3: Uh um don't worry. I'm glad to pull that up for you, Mike. Give me one second. Happy to. My pleasure. My pleasure. And the record was 178 to 320 in seven years. 100. 100-
2: <laughs> just, disgusting. just disgusting. Just disgusting. I mean, it's it, just absolutely I mean, disgusting. Almost, it's almost purposefully bad. We got a suspensive filibustering for that. It was so
1: worth the payoff.
3: It was. It was good. That was, that was one of our better moments. I agree. Um, I, I'm just happy. No, but seriously, I mean,
1: yeah. It's. I think this is shaping up to be the best February since 2013. I mean, we're undefeated. Steve Mills is gone. And we're officially going to trade Marcus Morris and the rest of the vets. So doesn't get much better than that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so Perry, I'm surprised he's staying, but my thought is he's going to be president. Houston's going to be tried out as GM. We'll see how that goes. I guess they can't really screw up things too bad since the D'Angelo Russell trade never really had traction. So I feel like they can't screw up much, but I mean, Mills had to go. I mean, I've been saying it all year, same as everybody else. He's, been the constant and everything bad about the Knicks. And he, I mean, if someone could point me to one thing he did, right, please. But the guy was just bad at everything. So well, good.
2: I will say that if there's anything that I love about this particular podcast and definitely not about Steve Mills, uh, it's that, you know, we, we just really enjoy throwing in obvious sound effects that we could put in in post, but just do them over the microphones instead. Uh, and now Brian, Brian Giberman, what is Give me your uh, two cents here on Steve Mills being out as president. Originally, I was
0: happy and excited and for the obvious reasons why. But in the end, I kind of realized I'm just kind of broken. And just, it's like, they have to do something right for me to... Like, everything, what, what does it matter? Like, I was going to play Airhorns, but, like, the Knicks haven't earned the right for Airhorns. They, like, what... What is this?
2: If there's any moment that's deserving of air horns this year, dude, this no, is the one. What is this?
0: What's going to change? Like they have to, he fired Phil at the right time, at, but, or not at the right time. He fired Phil when Phil needed to be fired. And that didn't fix anything. He has fired Mills. Every person they fired it, the, the next thing, it just ends up being wrong. So for this to matter, the next thing has to actually be right. And the Knicks haven't given us, any indication that we should believe that what the next thing they do is right. So until I see that happen, I'm just going to assume it's not going to be right.
2: Do you think that an Allen Houston promotion is the right answer?
0: I, I I have no idea. I don't follow the Knicks G-League team. Mm-hmm. Allen Houston has never been well, in that... charge of a team before. I have no idea what his basketball acumen is like trying to figure out what people are going it's just hard like i i have no idea what alan houston would do if he was i bring
2: him up i bring him up only to kind of back your point up here too because like there's no real i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i didn't see any real reporting about alan houston being in the mix here today or anything like that like obviously he has the assistant gm or or had or he is now the full gm of, of g league whatever it ends up being um You know, I think everyone's kind of expecting the Knicks to make a very Nixian move right now. I think they're kind of expecting them to go that route of just promoting Perry, moving uh, Houston in the front office, and then just kind of, you know, essentially putting a PR band aid over the situation. Um, But there's something about this that feels a little bit different to me. There's something that feels like they are going to consider outside candidates. And you kind of saw that too when uh, there was reporting over uh, a CAA agent being potentially uh you know uh, one of the candidates that could be in the mix here um it's kind of i'm I'm really conflicted that this is finally the time when we're going to see some kind of rational basketball being you know decisions being made i mean we obviously don't know how much of of Perry was responsible for the moves that we've seen so far but now is kind of the chance for him to prove that you know he can turn this thing around um you know fresh blood to be really good the only thing they have to really really try not to do at this point is go after that that big name president that you know that kind of like hype machine like essentially that was phil jackson you know it's I, i at this point like masai ujiri is not phil jackson he's the name who keeps on coming up a bunch too and masai ujiri obviously has championship uh, you know, presidential experience when it comes to this kind of thing, and he's been able to assemble those teams like that and everything like that. So he is the big name versus what the big name was in 2016 when Phil was coming around. But we finally have a big name that has some experience and some ability, and maybe might be willing to you know have some interest in this role. Um, I'll ask you guys what do you got if you guys think that Masai Ujiri is an actual candidate here at this point, but. I want you also to let me know uh, what do you think it's going to take? What, I mean, what's the draft capital that we're going to have to give up to try to pry a guy like that away from you know the defending champions? It seems like it's going to be a pretty steep price.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, people are saying the Dallas, both Dallas picks. I think it would have to take that and maybe one of the Knicks. I mean, if I'm the Raptors, I wouldn't want Luca's draft picks. I want a team that never knows I mean, what to do, draft picks.
3: I'm looking back, and when I, I'm looking at the Doc rivers Clipper situation with the Celtics, and the, uh-huh. it says here the Clippers will send the Celtics a first-round pick in 2015. The sticking point had been that the Clippers wanted the draft pick to be lottery protected, but the Celtics ended up uh, getting their wish as the pick will be unprotected. And the Clippers will take over the contract of Rivers— uh, yeah. I mean that that was it. Like, so that's why I don't know exactly what. Um, I mean, if it was, listen, this this is just my thing, and everyone's gonna yell at me. But, uh, if it was like both the Mavs picks, I mean, I'm fine with that. In a heartbeat, R- 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 uh, because R- 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 Messiah, uh, you know, Messiah with two less picks coming here is fine. Like giving him five picks in five years is fine. Like that's, that's nothing. You know what I mean? I don't know that that's what it would cost, but like, I'm just trying to think of the number where I, I would be like, no, okay, that's too much. Like, you know, probably like what three's pushing it 4 You're like, all right, man.
1: I just want to, I wouldn't want to give an unprotected 2020 or 2020. Yeah. yeah I mean, like unprotected, if you're going to give up, seven protect-
3: you know, multiple picks, I think that the protections are fine. You're giving them value. And you know, the number there, you're giving them a little bit more. So, you're not just going to fork over
2: two unprotected, obviously. So, um. so uh, Boston's (coughs) two draft selections in the 2015 draft were uh, uh, it was RJ Hunter was the later one. And Terry Rozier was the, uh, the first pick they had. I'm not sure which one of those was originally belonging to the Clippers, but so let's kind of put that into perspective. Like is, is Terry Rozier obviously wins out in that discussion, but you know, is it essentially worth, Let's say, best case scenario, a Terry Rozier and, you know, some other pick that could probably be valued around that same amount. Like two Terry Rozier say, is that worth it for the Knicks to get Masai Ujiri?
1: Well, that's assuming that would take a Terry Rozier. Don't forget, sure. the Knicks aren't great drafters. Well, yeah, so but I just
2: mean, like, to put it in perspective, not... like, what the what the Celtics were able to get from the Clippers, like, at that point, you oh. know, like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, 100%, yeah that's I,
2: I think that even two at that point, like it's definitely not super far fetched. Like, and, and like we're saying that, you know, Dallas is probably going to be somewhere around where that Clippers team uh, ended up being around in 2015, maybe with a slightly lower ceiling to them, but you know, you're ultimately looking at so, a similar value, especially at, at that point, like what players are going to be available, you know, like you're dealing with, you know, the I think the picks aren't gonna have a ton of value at that point and moving it for somebody who can like truly run the ship effectively and has like the respect around the league, like which is what the Knicks lack the most right now, is gotta be the, the most crucial play you can make with those two picks. So we can dive a little bit more into the whole you know, we can dive a little bit more into the mechanics of this in just a little bit. I'm sure it'll come up as we start talking about some trade targets, but on the topic of first round picks, you know we've had the um, the former number two pick, D'Angelo Russell, has been getting batted around a little bit all day. And we're recording this on uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the fourth. You know, kind of it's about seven o'clock Central Time right now, eight o'clock Eastern. So we are, you know, this could change pretty quickly between now and by the time this episode ends up coming out. But as of right now, D'Angelo Russell is still being linked to the Knicks and there seems when people are tossing around trade you know, discussions, it seems like the Knicks, like we'll have the salary match and we'll be able to figure that whole thing out. But it's in terms of value and what they're being sent back. That's really getting a lot of people up in arms. And I kind of wanted to discuss with you guys the, so the Knicks have the, are going to have a pretty high pick, presumably if the lottery plays out in their favor in this upcoming draft. Is that pick expendable for in a D'Angelo wrestable trade? Just straight up. I want to know.
1: Uh, depending on how high it is. I think... Well, let's say so you had to move it this week. Oh, this week? Uh, yeah, sure. Nobody's like... It's like... It's not John Zion at right. the top. So I would I would live with passing on... Trading Anthony Edwards, for example, for a D-low.
3: I mean, I would, just because... How many times are we going to take stabs in the dark here that don't work out on these draft picks? Like, I, I, we're going to have Perry, who really we don't know is a great evaluator of talent at this point um solid at best we can give them you know okay results middling I don't know I mean that's about it but um I, I just think at some point you gotta you gotta just get good players man if that's what it takes like you d was 23 like he still fits the rebuild. if you keep most of the young core like an RJ or a Mitch like I mean, to me, that's worth it. You're getting 24 and seven a night, you know, takes 50% of the shots from deep, shoots almost 40%. Like, it's pretty damn good, man. Like, that's, to me, that's worth a first round pick, especially when it fits your timeline like that versus, and I would love a Bradley Beal, obviously, but versus a Bradley Beal about to be on a super max, an older vet like that. Like, to me, it's an easier to sell. Like, I'm getting a 23 year old who was just an all-star just in the playoffs, you know, putting up, better numbers, improving year to year. He's doubled his free throw rate this year. I don't know. I mean, to me, that, that's worth it. That's good value.
0: I don't mind the player, but I don't think the interim GM should be making a trade for a big money salary player like that before a full-time GM is hired. I think you have to put a hold on that and you want to give the person who is taking over as clean of slate as you can. So having money locked up in Russell isn't where I would go at this moment.
2: See, but I'm kind of... The clean slate narrative is is getting a little bit... Well, and not not so much a clean slate narrative, but just, like, the idea of, like, kind of clearing the books and trying to give the Knicks as much flexibility. Like, I don't know if it's just I'm getting jaded on the on this process or something like that, but it's just... I'm kind of of the opinion that I now want, I would rather just start trying to take on guys that are at least, like, moderately proven to, you know, to kind of give us, a, give us the boost that we need, give us a, at least a little bit of something to, like, reason to watch this team. Like, I agree that I obviously, like, it's it's tough because you want to say championship should be priority. Like, you want to try, while well, the Knicks are relatively you know, still flexible in this moment, you end to have, you know, assets on their side and all that. You want to try to give them the best, you know, the best window to a championship as possible. But at a certain point, you just got to make this team watchable. Like at a certain point, I just want to see a playoff team on the court again. And I am willing to make that move for DLO because I believe that he will get us probably not closer this season. Uh, But, you know, I think in the longer term and ultimately, if that doesn't look as good, I feel like he is still a he's earned respect as a player throughout the league enough that he would be valuable to some teams and there would still be the potential of being able to get value from him if you did have to move on from him again. But I I just feel like the even though they have the money on their books like this, I feel like the price of the price of acquisition right now wouldn't be outrageous for me. What a, do you think that the Knicks would be confident enough and maybe a value and maybe pulling something off that could, they could send their first round pick this year and maybe some combination of Dallas picks or future picks or whatever it might be. And Julius Randall so, to the Warriors but, and, and pick up, uh, pick up the end. The Warriors do not want Julius Randall. Well, but I mean, can you sweeten the pot enough with them? They obviously don't, but can you
0: no there's nothing the warriors are not eating into their money next year to take julius randall there's no
2: way even they're, if they, they say get, get, if they get two get... lottery picks this year they would have two high lottery picks this year
0: no they're not take, they're not taking julius randall's money they would have to get they they're getting two first round picks without taking on any bad money why would they want to take on bad money a player that doesn't fit how they want to play and that's the problem. Like even one pick, like the Warriors are holding out; they're making the Tim T-Wolves go out and get them two picks. It's just you—you're adding money, you're getting rid of draft capital. The per and for a player, you don't even know if the next person who's coming in is going to want on the team. The next person has to make that decision. If Scott Perry is the next person, fine, let him make that decision. But right now, you shouldn't be sinking that type of money and draft capital into someone you don't even know the person who's going to be hired hold on on here
3: hold on uh so i just got the mark stein newsletter in and i just you know scanned quickly to see if there's any nicks notes and uh lo and behold there's a uh there's a messiah thing so uh he says two long time uh, Masai watchers whom I trust deeply for their reads on the situation have been telling me since December when the Knicks fired head coach David Fisdale after a 4-18 start that Ujiri intends to maneuver his way to the Knicks after his moves helped the Raptors win a championship last season. Both watchers went so far as to proclaim that uh, Ujiri may even try to bring along Bobby Webster, Toronto's well-regarded general manager. One told me he is convinced that Ujiri's relationship with the Toronto team owner of Larry Tannenbaum is such that if the Raptors would ultimately bless the move, that the the Raptors would ultimately bless the move if Ujiri uh, wants it badly enough. It's basically come down to if the Knicks would want to give up the draft compensation.
0: So... Not doing it. Nope. I'm pretending like that person you just talked about doesn't exist.
1: I mean, if it's not unprotected this year, sure.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. no any, I mean, at that point, for as when we're talking about like a front office role, like I probably wouldn't want to give up this year's pick because it is going to just be too valuable and too high. Like even if the Knicks don't even end up using it, like you still, they're still probably going to have a high lottery pick this year. I, but beyond that, like I'm giving up pretty much like any piece of and just about as much draft capital as I as I can to bring him in.
1: Yeah, I would give like a, I would give up a top three protected twenty twenty one because Cade K Cunningham is probably the guy you want next year. So I would give him as much as that. And as my Masai definitely fits like the Gravitas and everything there, but I'd rather just wait and see if Maury could come for free. I'd rather have someone like Darr More. Yeah, I mean who's who's Hankey.
3: for like who's available right what now? Happened? Like not about to be or maybe hinky, hinky for hinky sure, for right? sure. Like, what's the actual because i would obviously prefer to not give up draft picks if there's other capable gms out there i don't think that's a thing you have to do like i don't know but who would you guys want like what's the short list here like the two or three top names it's hanky who else
1: maury's at the top if, of my list maury because i think I, I feel like Maury's like on the outs. Yeah. I don't think he's going to think I think I would see like a parting of the ways type of thing where he definitely wouldn't carry nearly as much capital as Masai would because the Knicks kind of destroyed their leverage already by saying Jim Dolan has a hard-on for this guy.
2: I, uh, I don't really have a short list. I don't think, I think Maury is probably there. I think that, you know, I think that Mujiris is, is definitely at the top. Like those are the two safe bets to me. Beyond that, I'm kind of like of the opinion that I'm not super opposed to the whole idea of bringing in, you know, promoting an agent into into a GM position and, you know, keeping Perry as president. Like,
1: yeah, who would you guys even want under that? I mean, I know uh, was Austin Brown was thrown around. I'm,
2: I'm kind of fine with not knowing right now. I'm kind of like letting that kind of progress a little bit. Like, I'm cool with them wanting to do a regular kind of job search for this. Even if it takes into the off season, like I really don't mind it as much. I'm not in as big of a rush to get someone in here unless it's one of those like two dream candidates, like Ujiri or Hinky. Or not Hinky, that's uh, or uh Mori.
1: Yeah, and either way you're gonna have to wait till the postseason's over anyway for those guys. Or whenever their team's eliminated. So as long as we have somebody by draft time, I don't want that's Perry to draft again and then a new guy comes in, he doesn't like him, then we have the Frank situation part two.
0: I can't believe you guys after the KD Irving stuff last year are letting yourselves do the Ujiri thing. Oh,
3: I don't believe it. I believe it. I'll, I'll believe no, it when no, I see no, it. No. I mean, it's
0: not going to no, happen.
3: No. I'm saying I would personally, if it was like a pick to get one of the better team builders of the last decade and a half, I would do that personally. I understand people that would disagree, but that doesn't mean I think he's coming. Of course not. I mean, did you see some of the names? Name did be- you see some of the names get tossed around? I mean Rich Klein's name's up there. I saw that from New York Post. So Dang. you know, our boy Rich. Uh Can you fucking imagine. Yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> it would be perfect, Knicks. It's like a
3: year you know, after. Begley KD's reported
0: uh who else earlier. He just said some dude named Roger Montgomery, who's an agent. Yeah. I have no So, so I mean they're looking
3: him. like this play Steve. They look like the a. player China. agent
0: route. You know what I mean? Like
2: like i don't know steven not fine i with not knowing any of those names yet like i'm i, I honestly I, I really don't, I don't mind know. that because i i like that's kind of where i want to clear the deck and you know be the have the clean slate model model going in like i don't want to go with a, a you know a traditional nicks crony like i don't want alan houston going in there because i feel like that doesn't make our front office any more credible than it was with steve mills and perry in there i just like don't care is that is that weird
1: Stephen, i mentioned the who's the nike guy what the okay I, I, like, I,
3: bro like it's so hard for me to be like yeah like I've, i have strong opinion about guy x because like it's just turning another because like it almost never happens the way i want right like we're talking even about a situation that i don't prefer but i would still do in giving up a pick from a side but it's like none of these things are gonna happen it's gonna be some like scott Perryish ish kind of pick we didn't know r- too much about him the last time other than his last couple of stops like i just feel like that's gonna happen all over again and then we're gonna be like all right well that's the guy uh, i don't really know much about him man let's see what happens uh, hope for the best oh okay well, that's who we took
2: in the draft all right well here we go like i feel like it's the same we, we will situation again like so waiting we game. can talk about some things that definitely will happen in a minute though but first i have to uh tell our loyal listeners about our new sponsor for this week <laughs> Did you guys out there miss your chance to bet on the Super Bowl? Um, I—I I mean, I bet I lost hard. I not—I had if they if the if the Forty uh, Niners would have had a chance to kick that field goal at the end of the half, I would have uh, hit for my halftime uh, one of my halftime boxes. Still upset about that, but fear not. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big, no matter what time of year. It's not just Super Bowl; we've got March Madness coming up, the Masters, Major League Opening Day right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all of your latest news, odds, and scores. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code BlueWire to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up, it's super easy, and if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support our podcast. Again, that's promo code bluewire, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with betonline, your online sports book experts. So, one of the uh, one of the effects of the firing of Steve Mills today is that apparently Marcus Morris who was previously untouchable is now available in trade conversations. Uh, I think all of us on this podcast have been really pining for Morris to be made available to try to pry an extra pick out of him. And, you know, that can obviously, as we were just discussing, be used in a, a bunch of different ways that could help the Knicks improve both this off season and beyond. Um And, you know, Morris is having a good season. He's shooting like 44% from threes. The Knicks' leading scorer, like he's having a good year. Uh, and it's kind of made the Knicks want to resign him. And maybe that was a Mills play. And maybe Perry is not feeling as great about that. So there are some options out there. There are some potential suitors for Marcus Morris. Um, I think we can kind of all just go down the line quickly and say that, yes, we're we're pretty much, we're very much in favor of trading Marcus Morris. correct Correct. of course yeah good to go of course i mean we all we all like him as a player it just doesn't just doesn't make sense it's been a fun half a year with him like he's been probably the only thing that's keeping this team fun at least watchable uh fun is certainly a stretch but well what do you think where do you think his value sits right now like i hear i've been hearing him going to the lakers a lot as a potential move um there's some talk about maybe some uh you know, lower end contending teams might want to bring him in for a little bit of a boost. Like potentially, someone like the Clippers could be interested in something like that. What, what do you, what do you think realistically? It's the market for Marcus Morris is going to end up looking like. Like, is it going to be the first that they kind of want, or are we going to have to settle for like a pair of seconds?
3: I think we can get a first round. Like, I, I, I don't see why we wouldn't be able to get a first round pick. I, I'm not saying this lottery shit that the Knicks are trying to get because I think that's a little bit ridiculous, but. I think that they can get, like, a late first. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to. You know, like, that seems like a very, like, straightforward transaction. Like, am I crazy? Like, it just seems very easy. Like, that's... Isn't that almost directly what his worth is?
1: Yeah. If they're going for Kuzma, why don't... If if Perry's a good GM, he'll do this. If Kuzma's available for Morris, and the Kings were willing to take Bogdanovich for Kuzma... I mean, do I really have to connect the dots here? Why not get someone that's good and can help this team? They're not going to do much with those first round picks, but I, like in a pinch, I guess we could get it, but that's, that's where my focus is. With all the I'm kind of is. on
2: your side with that too. I, I think that going for a player who's a little bit more of an impact, uh, you know, someone who can make a direct impact versus having to wait like two or three years to develop is going to be the move. I mean, look at, I mean, Frank Aquino is the greatest example of this, of just not this, this team, this city, this, this fan base is not going to have the patience to, you know, sit by too many more stand, uh, you know, draft picks and let them develop as they, as they continue to lose. You kind of going for somebody like, you know, somebody who's just a little bit more established, like a Bogdanovich or even a Kuzma. If that's, who they, if they end up with one of those two, like, you know, that's not a bad place to be placing your next, you know, you to be putting your next move and, and, you know, instead of just constantly you know, batting at draft picks and hoping that you finally get lucky with one of them.
0: I don't think Kuzma is bad, but I'll take a pass on that. That's uh, He's fine. I'd rather get the blind dart to throw than take Kuzma. Um, the Clippers, I would try to get Shamit. I don't know if they'd give him up, but he's a guard who can shoot and would be yeah. a pretty interesting fit next to RJ because you let RJ handle the ball and then Shamick can play off it. And then Shamick can also handle it a little bit. So that'd be, that'd be good. Um, I wish the Nuggets needed Marcus Morris. They have pieces I would be intrigued by, but I mean, they have once Millsap gets help. They have Porter jr. They don't, they don't really need that kind of hybrid three, four. They got, they got plenty of guys that can that can play there, but they have all sorts of young role players that I would love in a package for Marcus Morris that I think would be a somewhat reasonable trade. But I, it just I I don't see the need there.
3: Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I I don't know why they the Clippers really covet him. Like they're the ones that keep coming up that like they really want him. So I mean. I'd rather just get the pick from them. I know they still have picks, right? I mean, you got to be able to give us something. That's about it. I mean, Shamit would be nice, but I—he's kind of a big piece yep. there as a role player, so I don't think he's
2: going anywhere. Um, I mean, I'm cool with the pick. Well, they said I, they're shopping around Montrezl Harrell too, so I man. mean, like they—I have a feeling they're—they're they're a little less hesitant to.
1: Was that to confirmed? Their roster. Montrez was confirmed or no?
2: Confirmed. I don't know who had it. I just saw his name popping up.
1: Oh well, I mean that'd be pretty interesting. I mean,
3: and the Kuz thing too. Like, I I like coos. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary shit. Like, like Brian said, like he's fine. He's a, he's a, like a solid NBA player right now. He's still young too. But um, I don't know, man. Like he's, I would be okay. I would be okay. I, I would be okay with, with it. I'd be okay with it. Off. Like I think he'd be. I'd like rooting for him here. Like he can score, obviously. Everyone wants to talk about defense all the time, but our offense is always dead last. Like, we need guys who can actually score. And he does carry a little bit of that upside. I'd be fine with it. But again, if it's that or a pick, like, yeah, I'd I'd prefer the pick. But.
1: All right. What do you guys think of this? For the Clippers, we get Shamit, Jerome Robinson, and Harkless, and a pick. And we give them Trier and Morse.
2: Run that by me again?
1: We get Shamit, Jerome Robinson, Harkless, and a pick. And the Clippers get Marcus Morris and Alonzo. What's Trier.
2: Harkless's contract looking like? Is he just an is he
1: expired. Like... Uh, yeah. Expired. I, hate that. I mean, he will just
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, yeah, in a heartbeat.
1: This Trier still gives them. I mean, Shamit's better than Trier. I'm not trying to say that. But Trier still gives them scoring off the bench, which they would lose with Shamit
0: little too similar for, like, him and Lou playing together wouldn't be, I wouldn't like that at all. Unfair. Oh,
2: fair. Yeah, you would need a potential elevation of, of Lou Williams at that point. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It it's definitely feels, like, a little too good to be true on the Knicks side of things, but, like, I, that's the kind of deal you go for in a heartbeat. Like, honest to God, even if they didn't include the pick in there, like,
1: you know... Yeah, I think Shamit's
2: good. Yeah, enough to take that yeah, I'm area. fine with that. I like. I would. I would be if they called up offering. I would be trying to put together a couple of combinations. To get Shandrit, uh Shamit, because I'm I'm pretty in on him.
0: Would you do your your trade with
2: Dotson instead of Trier yeah. Makes
0: more sense. Yeah, I'd do
1: that. Yeah, I still do it. I was just thinking more just because they wanted a scoring guard, but yeah, hundred percent. Because Dotson, we're not gonna. I mean, if we do resign him, we're just gonna let him toil on the bench for. Yeah, I mean, half that, that's what I'm anyway.
3: like with with the guys that were rumored to be giving up. Like that's why I didn't understand why people were like up in arms about the 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 initial D low package, even if it had like the the Mavs picking it. I was like, I was like, what do you yeah, guys like? The- we're, is- we're getting rid of like all the garbage we have. We're getting rid of a couple expirings. Yeah, D- Dotson, I, I like Dotson. I think he's useful and should play all the time. But the Knicks clearly do not because they play him for two weeks stretches and then he disappears um so is Dotson
2: more valuable to you than Kevin Knox right now y- yes
3: yes because yes. He, he plays good defense and he and he shoots right. and and he I don't shoots know why threes. the Knicks aren't playing it low like, usage he, he goes off ball he hits a ton of threes not a ton but I mean he's hitting threes at a good clip like that's a useful player like someone's gonna need him somewhere you know what I mean like Ke- I feel Kevin like Knox, unless like, who, you're who needs a Kevin Knox other than because he's 20 yeah, years old I-
2: I feel like unless you're a complete standout, like the Knicks are just going to like, if you're a second round draft pick, like the Knicks are going to treat you like as such until you leave the team. Like regardless of how you play, like Kevin Knox is always going to get more minutes over, over Damian Dotson. It's frustrating as hell.
1: Well, I want to see what they do once RJ comes back because the only reason dots playing a lot now is RJ's out. Right. Which is ironic because I think Dotson would play really well with next to RJ. So that's why it's like, I think, the kids are, are going to play. I hope so. I think. It just makes sense. And with the D- the DLO mm-hmm. D- trade, everyone was thinking so finite where it's like, oh, that's it. That signals the end of the rebuild. We still have another Max slot. He's 23 years old. <laughs> like, what is better on the roster right now than D'Angelo Russell? He'd yeah. be our best player since Melo. That,
2: I mean, that's that is where my head is at with it right now, too. Like, to me, it's not about it's not as much a question of maximizing our value as much as like just you know having some you know getting some value in the present right now it's not it's definitely not the most forward thinking plan, but it's about you know i mean at a certain point enough's enough like you gotta take more proven shots than I guess you know then throws in the dark or something like that but uh so let's we're getting close, obviously this episode's gonna come out. And then the trade deadline will be upon us. Um, we're likely, unless anything major happens, not going to be talking to you all before that. So, you know, right now we still have guys like you know, Bobby Portis, we still have guys like Alfred Payton, we still have and then, you know, guys like Den Smith Jr., Frank Neil Those are some of the names that are definitely out there. Um you know on the trade market and they're all on the team right now and they all have very different reasons to be traded and very different values but of that group right there if you had a most likely to be traded or packaged who would you say let's take marcus morris out of the equation of Peyton, of portis of dennis smith and of neil akina of the which of those four do you think have, are most likely to be traded mike
1: portis for sure
3: I, yeah, I think Portis, if anybody, but I don't really think. Is it weird? Like, I don't think Alfred's getting traded. I don't think they have any intense like intentions of trading him. Like, he hasn't. Even, has he even been? Has he, he
2: even, even been Bob, rumored?
1: He really should go.
2: Has Bobby even really been rumored? No. No, it's been real quiet on their so, front, so that's what's kind of worrying so me. Bobby, so that's why
1: I, I like Bobby was mentioned before,
2: but he seems mentioned as like an obvious guy that the Knicks aren't going to want around next year, rather than him really having any value. Like. Payton's at least shown to have some value and just his, his sheer frustration in the last couple of weeks, like other than that triple-double he had against the Cavs, like has been, you know, it, it, it's been shown. I mean, he just got suspended last week too. Like you would think the Knicks would be trying to move or you think there would be some kind of mutual, you know, trying to move away from each other at this point. But that that's really been strange to me that his name is not out there at all.
1: If we do a Marcus Morris trade with the Lakers, I would – Try and push for Alfred Payton to be in there because the Lakers could use him. They have Rondo's corpse running around out there, and Alex Caruso. They could use any type of guard with skill. And as much as I don't like Alfred, he is decent, and they could use him. So I would just push him out the door. And yeah, but not. But Portis was rumored before. I think like a couple of weeks ago, they're like playoff teams were interested in him. I was like, really?
0: I I could see the Rockets taking portis to be like a 15 minute off the bench guy who does nothing but shoot threes like literally if he steps foot inside the three-point line someone runs in off the sideline and hits him and makes him go behind the line again i mean that's in but that's the thing with him in theory he makes
3: sense like in theory the thing that he's capable of doing it makes sense and you go oh because that's what we said we were like oh we need some spacing he's a big who shoots you know he shot like 40 percent from three with the wizards like that could work, like, because it is like, I mean, that is that's objectively good if he's doing it constantly, as you just said. But like, in theory, it's good. And then Bobby in the actual games is different. So like, did, I don't know. I mean, if someone takes him, that's their issue. If he buys in or not, but that that was kind of my issue too. Was like, we, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we wanted here, and we didn't get it. That's why we liked Luke Cornette last year, right? That's why you loved him. I mean. Because yes. he spaced, he spaced no, the floor as a bench big and shot three.
0: He protected the rim, too. Yeah.
1: But my, my frustration with Portis is not even because of Portis. It's more of the coach putting him in in wrong times, where Portis is playing instead of Mitchell Robinson, instead of with a lot of times. That's where my frustration came. As a player, like, if you didn't tell me he was making 15 mil and he played without sacrificing Mitch's minutes, I probably wouldn't have a problem with keeping him. But... The fact is he does. And if another team like the Rockets or any other playoff team could use him go.
2: The fact that Bobby Portis gets paid as much as he does still pisses me off as a noted Bobby Portis hater. It's he, like, like you said, like he provides everything of Cunard, but without the, without the rim protection, which is probably honestly what Cunard was most valuable for. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe somebody like Houston might like to give him some run, especially just as a size replacement for Capella if they end up moving off of him. Um, yeah, I mean that that one is definitely interesting to me. I but yeah, I think that I have a like part of me thinks Bobby might be a, a buyout cabinet or a candidate. Part of me like just feels like he's going to be gone, and he's like. Like everyone else might be traded, everybody else might be bought out, whatever. Like he's he's going to be the one who lasts to the summer, and it's just like let go. Of. Like I have a feeling we're not done watching Bobby Portis all season long, and he's just going to be, you know, like he's going to be a thorn in our side while we're trying to play, you know, play these young guys and at least try to give Randall some minutes while he, you know, to try to get him into form after what's been, you know, largely a, a pretty lost season for him. Um. Yeah, it's going to be kind of fascinating. I mean, I don't really, I haven't heard like Taj Gibson's name coming up at all. So I'd imagine he's going to be sticking around. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I hear there was more Dennis Smith chatter earlier in the, uh, you know, late, like in January rather than I'm really hearing like this week leading up to it. Neil Aquinas' name has pretty much been out unless it's, uh, you know, it's part of a larger package for someone like, you know, for, for one of the larger stars. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really I'm it's I feel like the Knicks are, are gonna make a move or two, especially with their transition here away from Mills, but um yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna be fireworks by any means. I don't I, I don't really see the uh I don't really see the D Load thing materializing. I don't I don't really it's I think it's just gonna be maybe picking up a later a later first for Morris and I think that's gonna be the, the
1: move that they're going to make here. Do you guys think Randall gets, traded? I also want to see what happens with Monk.
3: Oh, sort of the same way. Yeah, like, that's what
1: I was saying. I don't know. The Hornets thing was interesting. I wanted to ask you guys this
3: question before we get out of here. So we sort of argued about it earlier in Slack, right? About what that rumor disagreement between Perry's and mills might've been. And the first player that was brought up was uh, Marcus Morris. But you know, do you think it was Julius Randall? Maybe do you think it was Terry Rosier coming back in the deal? Like it, it's very possible it's from that deal too, and not you know a Marcus Morris related thing.
1: Hmm. Uh. Well, when was that report that he was coming out of MSG upset? Sunday. That was what Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. The time matches up. I don't know, but Randall seems like a Perry guy, like big school.
2: I think that's going to be the move that they're going to be a little bit hesitant to move on. Like, I feel like they've, they've made their big move here with firing uh, Perry. I feel like they're or firing Mills rather. I think that the, uh you know, they're going to do something about Morris now. And like, those are going to be the moves. I feel like moving on from Randall right now is going to be like a big shocker, but yeah, maybe it, it could be what Mike's saying. It could be exactly the opposite. Like we really don't know right now who was largely responsible for, for the signings over this past summer.
1: Yeah, I, I would hold on to him just to possibly build up his value. His value's not cratered, but it's kind of like where Dennis's is. It's just really low compared to where it could be. So I don't see any rush in getting either guy out of here. Might as well just try and build him up over the second half. And who knows, draft night, there's a couple guys in the low end of the top 10 or even the teens you can make a move for. So I think we should look a little towards that more so than the deadline. I think the deadline should be Morris, Portis, even Ellington, if somebody bites on that, I think he's a buyout guy, though. But yeah, those type of deals.
2: Yeah, time will tell. Will actually uh, ends up going down though. So our last couple of minutes here. Do we? Do you guys have any? You know, any any last second takes you need to get off before the trade deadlines or anything that's just kind of uh anything that's kind of clawing at your chest to get out at this point like do we have any hot takes or do we think that kind of the uh the status quo is what we're gonna see here uh you know within the next two days here are we gonna get a 1 a.m trade i guess is what i'm really looking for
3: i hope not i hate when that shit happens then i wake up and i'm confused and just just wait just wait dude have some decency but i don't think anything happens um i think I really buy that they're not going to move Mook. I really, if they want a lottery pick, this is just like when they were asking for the moon for Frank after they wouldn't play him for a month. And I don't think Mook's going to get moved. I don't think Randall's going to get moved. I think if anything, one of those fringe guys might get moved. But we also kind of felt that way last year with these expiring guys and nobody got traded. So I I don't know. I don't think anything's going to happen, to be quite
0: honest. Yeah. I'll take Morris traded. for traded. I'll go there yeah i think i think morris gets
2: down i'm on that wavelength i'd like to see it i think it's gonna happen i think we might actually get our wish this time um well i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see at this point um what i do know is that we will be back for all of our listeners very soon to give them uh as much analysis as much breakdown as we can about any pending trades anything that uh you know and i guess just where the team goes for after his trade deadline like we'll have a lot of more answers and uh I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty big week, so I think everyone needs to stay tuned to com. Stay tuned to our amazing writing and, uh, you know, fantastic staff. Mike Cortez is one of our finest writers that we have. Uh, Do you have have anything that you put out today? Anything you got coming up in the next couple of days?
1: Uh, Yeah, Thursday, just a broad, like a very macro outlook of who we should pay attention to for March Madness. Just super, like, general type of stuff. But, yeah, Thursday.
2: Yeah, and we got our, uh, you know, we'll have the return of our annual draft season podcast coming up real soon. So don't think we've forgotten about that. Um, in the meantime, also make sure you're at, at the wall at TKW Podcast on Twitter. Uh, follow all of us, all of that will be in the description. Uh, make sure you check out Bet Online. Uh, you know, next time you're looking to make the game a little bit more interesting for yourself. Um, yeah. Big trade deadline primer. Uh, A lot going on. Big day for the Knicks. We'll see where it goes from here. We'll talk to you all next week.